This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. You know, Jeremiah 9.23, Jeremiah 9.23 says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. So he's got this big idol of gold. Nebuchadnezzar had built a big idol of gold, and he's taken all this honor and glory for himself, just like Herod. Herod, who wanted to be more than a man, who very much welcomed the people when they cried out in Acts 20, 12, 21, 12, 21. And upon a certain day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne, made an oration unto them, and the people gave a shout, saying, It's the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Immediately, when Herod accepted this praise for being not a man but God, immediately he was struck down. Immediately, in verse 31, while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from thee. Immediately. Now, but it's interesting that in verse 31, the voice comes and says, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. To thee it is spoken. That's, that shows the difference for when a person just reads the Bible and reads that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and says, oh yes, everyone sins. I'm, everyone makes mistakes. I make mistakes. Everyone sins. Every, I sin. Nobody is perfect. I'm not perfect. In this general way, refusing to realize that that statement is directed to each person individually, as Nebuchadnezzar was told, to thee it is spoken. But when a person reads a verse like that and says, that's me. I have sinned. I, it, uh, I have sinned. I have gone short, fallen short of the glory of God. 
That's when the Bible begins to have value. When the Bible is not just read as a general book, but when it's read as words that are spoken directly to us, to thee it is spoken, in verse 31. And then in verse 33, the same hour the thing was fulfilled, and it literally means it came to an end. The prophecy came to an end. Nebuchadnezzar was an awful sight. He stripped himself naked in front of all of his people there. He said, I don't need clothes. I'm an animal. Animals don't need clothes. He drops down on all fours. He's like a beast. He doesn't want anything, but he just eats grass. Probably doesn't even make a sound of words, just make noise like an animal. And we can picture the people as they're watching this sight, as this great King Nebuchadnezzar, and they're saying to themselves, is this Nebuchadnezzar the Great? When they said that, they're speaking right out of Isaiah 14. That, as I mentioned, talks about Nebuchadnezzar, but very quickly transitions to speak about the devil in Isaiah 14.4. Isaiah 14.4, Thou shalt take up this parable against the king of Babylon, and say, How hath the oppressor ceased, the golden city ceased? Isaiah 14.12, Isaiah 14.12, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which just weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. What happened to Nebuchadnezzar was that a man who was full of pride was reduced to a miserable state of being a naked, mangy animal. And this is exactly what's going to happen with Satan And the big point is that the people watched their king in that state and said, is this the Nebuchadnezzar who terrified the world? Look what's happened to him. This is exactly what's going to happen to Satan. As it says in Isaiah 14, 15, Isaiah 14, 15, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall look narrowly upon thee and consider saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the kingdoms? That's the scene right there. The people looking at pathetic Nebuchadnezzar, like an ox, and their response is Isaiah 14, 16, Isaiah 14, 16. Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? Is this really Nebuchadnezzar? And this is the response that all will have as they see Satan. Satan also, those same words. Is this the person that made the earth to tremble? Is this really Satan? So Nebuchadnezzar remains in this state for seven full years. His kingdom went on hold for seven years. I don't know what happened. I'd like to see the king. Oh, he's not available right now. Can we take a message? All the while, give him more grass to eat and keep, keep the noise down. Till finally, Nebuchadnezzar speaks. The, the one who was like an animal now speaks in verse 34. And he says, at the end of the days... I, this is Nebuchadnezzar writing, by the way, verse 34, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes into heaven, mine understanding returned unto me, I blessed the Most High, I praise and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, his kingdom from generation to generation. He says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven. Just like David said in Psalm 121, Psalm 121, 1, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Psalm 124.8, Psalm 124.8. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Help comes from the name 
of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Who, who might that be who made heaven and earth? John 1, 1, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And was not anything, without Him was not anything made that was made. John 1, 14, John 1, 14. The Word, that Word, the Word became, was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who made heaven and earth. Help comes from his name. Help comes from calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 146.5. Psalm 146.5. Happy is that people that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth and all that therein is. That's Jehovah. That's Jehovah Jesus. So this is a description of what it means to return to God. This is a description of what it means to turn to God. It means to lift up the eyes to God. That's the way out. That's the way out because Jesus said in John 14, 6, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, the Lord Jesus, is the way. You almost need with that verse to plug in the out of part. You almost see with that verse, just, just a little bit of clarification, just put in the out of. I am the way out of darkness. I am the truth out of lies and deception. I am the life out of death, eternal death. So the king now, he looks up to heaven and he says, my understanding returns to me in verse at the end of the days, verse 34, verse 34. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven. Mine understanding returned unto me. I blessed the Most High. I praised and honored him that lives forever. This is what happens when there's a return to the understanding. A return of understanding means that a person will now give thanks to God. Bless the Most High. A return to the understanding means that a person will worship and praise the Lord. A return to the understanding means that, that he'll have a life and a checkbook that honors God by giving and the king says his understanding returns to him. And he says, uh, the king answered unto Daniel, and uh, he had done this before because he had said in uh, Daniel 2.47, Daniel 2.47, the king had already said, of a truth, your God, Daniel, is a God of gods and a Lord of, Lord of kings. He had a right understanding back in the previous chapter, in chapter 3, verse 28, 3.28, when it says, Nebuchadnezzar, spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So he had an understanding. He lost it because of pride, arrogance, and a hard heart would not release God's people. And he was judged. But now his understanding returns to him, and now he's back to honoring and praising God and giving thanks to him. And his first thought about God when he praises him, his first point of praise of God is in verse 34. Verse 34. God is him that liveth forever. That's so important for us. That's so important for people to understand. God is not on a temporary reign of heaven. At Scanabodies in Mexico, we have to work with the government of Mexico in several different areas, which means we have to establish relationships with the appointed officials of the president of Mexico. You know, work hard to establish the relationship, and, and then every six years... New president. And so a new president, new appointed officials, got to start all over again. Believe me, it's very frustrating. 
Have you ever thought of what it would be like if God did not live forever, if his reign was like earthly kings, is that, and then after the reign of God was over, it's like, well, you're on your own again. But let's remember here that Nebuchadnezzar has just emerged. He's come out of having his heart of being a man and then being replaced with the heart of a beast. Now he's regained the heart of a man. He feels that he's been given life again. He's coming out of this death. He realizes it's a gift that's come from him that lives forever. That's what eternal life is. It's a gift that comes from the eternal living one. That's why it says in Romans 3.23, Romans 3.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He offers this gift. He offers this gift to anyone, everyone. And he, say he, he meets with a woman, an immoral woman, a woman who has ruined the lives of men and who has also had her life ruined through sexual immorality. And he meets with this woman who for all intents and purposes might have said, you know, life's not worth living anymore, I might as well just end it now and commit suicide. But he meets with this woman at a well and he offers her a free gift in John 4.13. John 4.13, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He says, you're thirsty and you've come here and you were thirsty for love and admiration. So much to admire you. You were thirsty for that, so you went from man to man. You went to this man, and that didn't go well. And you got thirsty again, and then you went to this man. You got thirsty again, you went to this man. And they said, that's been the course of your life. That's the course of your life. It's total, it's total temporary fulfillment. Hit the bottom again. Temporary fulfillment. He says, he says, I can give you a stop to all of that. He says, I've got a water that if you drink this water, this spiritual water, he says, you will never do that again. You will be satisfied in life. And he says, and this water is going to be inside of you, a well of water springing into everlasting life. That inside well of water springing into everlasting life is God himself. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. As Scott was saying earlier today, this treasure we have in an earthen vessel is the treasure of God himself. God is the one who lives forever, as, as Nebuchadnezzar said. He is the eternal one. He is the one of life. And so that's how the Lord Jesus could say to this woman, the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up to everlasting life. This is a gift. In John 10, 27, John 10, 27, the Lord Jesus spoke about his sheep. He said, here's what happens. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give unto them eternal life. They'll never perish, and no one will ever be able to pluck them out of my hand. That's why the record is so crystal clear in the Bible. In 1 John 5.11, 1 John 5.11, this is the record. God has given to us eternal life. This life is in his Son. He that has a life, he that has the Son, has life. He that has not the Son of God, has not life. This, this understanding comes back to Nebuchadnezzar, that God is the living one who lives forever. And then he's another understanding he gets in verse 35, verse 35, where Nebuchadnezzar says, all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. 
Boy, that sure sounds a lot different from verse 30, doesn't it? When he's talking about how great I am and the might of my power and the majesty of my name, and now he's saying in verse 35, all the inhabitants of the earth are nothing, that would include him. And he's a completely different person now. Why? Because of 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man, if any Nebuchadnezzar, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're going to be taking communion here. And as we do, we could reach out our hands and take the elements and say, thanks to Calvary, I'm not the man I used to be. Thanks to Calvary, things are different than before. So he has returned now, and what's so amazing is that God has kept the kingdom for him. So he comes back, and he says the glory of his kingdom comes back to him. But there's a different person there. He's not the king he used to be. Thanks to God, he's not the king he used to be. Thanks to God, things are different than before. Now he's thankful in verse 36. He's like counting his blessings. He's got a big smile on his face for what God has done for him. He's using now his position and his influence to lead others to come. Come, follow me, he says in verse 37. Praise and extol and honor the King of Heaven. He uses this phrase, the King of Heaven. We've got a whole hymn written on that in our hymnal from his phrase. We've got a hymn in our hymnal that's taking the words of Nebuchadnezzar. How do you like that? Praise my soul, the King of Heaven. To his feet thy tribute bring. Ransom healed, restored, forgiven. Evermore his praises sing. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise the everlasting king. It's got some author down at the bottom of that page. You should write in King Nebuchadnezzar. Because he, he said those words. And then he said in verse 36, Brightness returned to me. Brightness. Brightness. That might be, I am the light of the world. As Jesus said, And then in verse 36, he says, My counselors and my lords sought unto me. That'd be the same counselors and the lords that were avoiding him. That'd be the same counselors of the Lord that said he's a stench of pride as a beast. That'd be the same counselors who said, Oh, is this Nebuchadnezzar? And now they're coming back to him. And he says, Excellent majesty was added unto me. Literally, it reads, I received still greater power. Just like Job. Job, it says, uh, Job 42.10, Job 42.10, the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. The Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came unto him all his brethren, all his sisters, and all they that had been his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house. That's what happened. He had seven sons, three daughters, and so forth. And then Nebuchadnezzar finishes up this doxology Because that's what it is. He finishes up with a doxology in verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. All his works are truth, all his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. He says God is truth. Literally the word is firmness. Literally the word is unchangeableness. The same like Hebrews 13.8. Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. James talks about the the gifts that come down from the Father of lights, and then he says, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning, in James 1.17. James 1.17. 
Malachi 3.6. This is this book that is the final word to Israel for the Old Testament. It's the last word to Israel before they go through a 400 years of silence to be broken by John the Baptist in John 1.29 and John 29, who then says, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. But during that 400 years, God's last word to Israel in Malachi 3.6, Malachi 3.6, he says, I am the Lord, I change not. Neither, therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Jewish people should have been wiped out, annihilated, exterminated many times over in history. And, and God wanted them to know there's only one reason why you Jewish people are not annihilated, exterminated, and gone forever, and that's because of Malachi 3.6. Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord, I change not, therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see. O thou that changest not, abide with me. I need thy presence every passing hour. Abide with me. Then he says, those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Isaiah 10.33, Isaiah 10.33. Behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, shall lop the bow with terror, and the high ones of stature shall be hewn down, and the haughty shall be humbled. Proverbs 16.18, Proverbs 16.18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And this is what Nebuchadnezzar has found. All of this he's learned as God has opened his eyes, as he's emerged out of his darkness. Wouldn't it be wonderful this morning if, if, if some of us here emerged out of the darkness, emerged out of the darkness of saying, well, yeah, I believe in God like everybody else believes in God, emerged out of that darkness, that general darkness to say, Jesus, my Savior from my sin, Jesus, my Lord, I call on you to forgive you, to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be a great first communion to be able to take this morning? To be able to take these elements and say, in the past, general, today, specific, just for me. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for what you did for Nebuchadnezzar. Lord, if you can do it for Nebuchadnezzar, you can do it for anyone. You can save people from their sins. And so, Lord, we pray that the light of your word, that who you are as a good God, as a compassionate God, as a merciful God, as a forgiving God, would become so real this morning. And friend, if you're here this morning and you can't really say, I know Jesus is my Savior. He saved me from my sins. I know the time. I know the date. I know when it was. And I know the difference that he's made in my life. If you can't say that this morning, why not reach out to him? Reach out to him because he's reaching out to you. Pray a prayer. Pray this prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm desperately in need of you. I desperately need you to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me from my sins. Make me a child of God. Lord, I reach out my hand to you. Would you save me? Would you cleanse me? I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again the third day. Save me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.